Welcome to the sermon podcast for Canton Church. We gather every week in Canton, Georgia to worship and grow together through God's work. We exist because generations matter. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. Well, good morning and welcome, Canton Church, to Student Takeover Sunday. You've heard that a couple of times. When you pulled in the parking lot this morning, you saw students in the parking lot. You see everybody wearing these t-shirts running around. It was probably a little more chaotic and hectic than you're used to in the lobby, but that's okay because we have middle schoolers and high schoolers running everything this morning, and so it's supposed to be crazy. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be high energy, but this Didn't this worship team do a fantastic job this morning? So much talent, so much talent, so much passion, just incredible hearts to worship and hearts to lead in worship. Our media team back there is all led by students. They did a fantastic job. Our lobby, our parking lot. I'm just so excited and so proud of all of the students that have served throughout the building this morning. You know, on Student Takeover Sunday, there's tons of different moving pieces. There are tons of different things. I want to do one thing really quick before I jump in. We've got one graduating high school senior in this service that I just want to recognize really quick. His name is Christopher McAfee. Chris, he's in the very back row. So if you want to see him, you got to stand, uh, you got to turn around. Christopher is graduating from West Forsyth High School, and he's going to be joining the Marines to be an engineer over the summer. Yeah, absolutely. And then he's planning on going to college to get his degree in engineering after that. But we're proud of you, Christopher. Love you, man. Proud of who you have developed, the young man that you have grown into. But I just want to say a couple other quick things before I jump in. One, thank you to Pastor Jeremy and to Corey for allowing us to do something a little crazy. This is their first student takeover Sunday, and so we didn't really know how it would go. So far, so good. It's just awesome, right? But we're so glad. Thank you to them. Our mission statement as a church is because generations matter. And But what better way of showing that than allowing the students of our church to just lead and to lead well? You know, I looked this week, and we have 22 students that serve on an at least weekly basis somewhere in the church every week. And that's amazing. There's 22 students that either on a Wednesday night or in a worship team on a Sunday morning, in media on Sunday morning, in a kid's environment on Sunday morning, somewhere in guest services on a Sunday morning. But we have 22 students that lead in some capacity every week. And I'm so proud of their hearts of saying, absolutely, yeah, you can pray. God praise for that. But I just love that it's a generation that's not going to say, I'm just going to sit around until I'm an adult to leave, but I'm going to step up and I'm going to lead in the church now. And I'm so proud of all of them. But our worship team, they did an unbelievable job. They haven't been playing for long, some of them. Caleb, how long have you been playing the guitar? A year. A year? That's amazing. Nate, how long have you been playing guitar? A year and a half. Aaron, you've been singing for a while, correct? For a while. Cooper, you've been on drums since you were, what, three months old? Something like that. But they're unbelievably talented, all of them. I want to thank you, Daniel Stewart. He comes every Wednesday night. He's up here most Sunday mornings leading, but then he also shows up just about every single Wednesday night and works with this team and helps lead worship on Wednesday nights in our student services. And I'm just so thankful for him and all he does here at Canton Church. But I think that's all I wanted to say. I wanted to get all of that out there. Can I just pray real quick before I jump into what I want to talk about this morning? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for these students. God, I thank you 
for their hearts to serve you, God, in a generation that a lot of people have looked at to say that they're not God followers, but God, I just thank you for the people that are in this room that are committed to leading in the name of Jesus, God. And I just love them, and I thank you for them. I love their hearts. Thank you for their parents that drive them here on Wednesday nights. Thank you for their parents that drive them here on Sunday mornings, that get them in church and invest in their relationship with Jesus at church and at home. God, we love you. And everybody said... Amen. I got to be honest, I am super, super picky about the way that I watch television shows. I know that's super random, but I want to explain myself for a minute. I kind of have three different criteria of shows. I have like background noise shows. It shows that I just watch on repeat, but when I'm going to go home this afternoon and take my Sunday afternoon nap, that's something I put on because if I fall asleep, it's fine. I don't feel like I'm missing anything important. I can just have it on. I can have conversations with people. I can walk out of the room when this show's on the television. I'm fine during those type shows of just falling asleep. It's my casual watch. It's my just background noise shows. Then my second level of shows are shows that I may have seen, but if I haven't seen, I'm not really that invested. I don't love the storyline. And so I'll have a conversation with you during that. I'll look at apps on my phone, or I may play a phone game while I'm watching because I don't have to hear every single word. I don't feel like I'm missing something if I look down or if you say something. But then I have the third tier. And you can ask my wife this, but when I'm watching a show that I am invested in and I haven't seen before, you do not speak to me. Like, you just don't talk to me because if I miss something, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to pause it and we're going to have to rewind so that I can hear every single word when I go to a movie that I haven't seen. You don't talk to me. I plan all day long how much I drink to make sure that I haven't met my quota where I'm going to have to get up in the middle of the movie and go to the restroom because I don't, I'm going to be dehydrated walking into that movie so that I can make sure I sit through the entire movie because I don't want to miss anything. I hate being interrupted while I'm watching a show that I am invested in, that I've spent hours in. Like, I am like best friends with the character. Like, Joey and friends, like, we're just buddies. I'm convinced of it. If he walked in the back of the room, he and I would be best friends. But there are just some things that I love to connect, and I don't like being interrupted while I watch Televisions. Now we can laugh about how we act when we're watching a TV show and how strict we are of don't talk to me and all of these type things. But there are some things in our lives that when they interrupt us, it's really frustrating, right? When we're going through security at the airport and we get pulled aside and we have to do the random search and the inspections and all of that type of stuff, and it causes us to miss our flight, we are frustrated. When we leave our house and we know that it takes exactly seven minutes and 23 seconds to get where we're going, if we catch the first green light, but if we miss the first green light, that means we're going to miss every single one of the other nine lights on the way. And so instead of it taking seven minutes to get there, it's going to take 14 minutes to get there. But we always leave with only seven minutes to spare, right? Because we know we're going to catch every green light every single time. And when we catch that red light, we are frustrated because our schedule has been interrupted. When your child has to stay home from sick or stay home from school sick and you have to call out of work, it interrupts your schedule. When different things are going on, we don't like being interrupted. You know, we live in a culture, we live in a society, a day and age that is busier than ever and we schedule things out more strictly and more compact than ever before. And when one thing goes wrong, it throws off the entire schedule and every single thing just kind of compounds on itself and everything in our day has been interrupted. We don't like 
interruptions. But what if an interruption was a good thing? What if I could tell you today that there are certain times in your life where your life might get interrupted, that it's a really good thing. And it might not seem like a good thing at the beginning, but over time you start to develop and you start to see that this is a God thing, that God is interrupting your life to change the course of your life, to do something different in your life. There's a story in the Bible, and it's my favorite story all time in Scripture. It's the story of Jonah. If you're not familiar with it, I'm going to kind of spoiler alert. I'm going to tell you the entire story real quick. Jonah is a man, starts the book. I love the beginning. I'm going to read it in just a second. But it starts out by just God calling him to go to Nineveh, right to the point. No beating around the bush. God just says, Jonah, go to Nineveh. And Jonah doesn't want to go to Nineveh. So instead, he goes in the opposite direction, and he gets on a boat headed towards Tarshish. And he goes there, and on the boat, they encounter a storm. And while he's on the boat in the storm, the men have to throw him overboard because he's the reason that they're in this storm. He gets swallowed by a big fish, which is weird. He spends three days in the belly of this fish, and then the fish spits him out back onto dry land, and then he goes and does what God wants him to do by going and telling the people of Nineveh about God, it's an incredible story. If you've never read it, it's four chapters long, found somewhere in the second part of the Old Testament, mixed in with all of the books that you're like, is that a real word? But Jonah is right there in the middle of all of that, and it's my favorite book in the Bible. And in a moment, we're going to walk through it, but it's a story of a life interruption. It's a story where God took a man who we don't really know a ton about his character prior to Jonah chapter 1, But he comes to this man and he says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. I said a minute ago, I love how the story begins. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, and all of our scriptures will be on the screen. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amidai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, we don't really know a ton about Jonah prior to this verse, and we meet this man named Jonah, and in this first sentence of the first words, it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of his father, and says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. So God is calling a man who is here to go and to preach to a group of people that are over there, and while he's standing here, he decides that he doesn't want to go in that direction. This is an interruption in his life that he's not fond of. And I look back at my life, I can remember a time in the summer of 2011, if you've been at Canton Church for any period of time, you've heard parts of my story or you may have heard my entire story. But in summer of 2011, I was planning on going that fall to Lee University up in Cleveland, Tennessee, and I was going to get my degree in business. And so I'm here, I was still living at home with my parents, I graduated high school in 2009, so I had been in college and kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. And I said, you know what? I want to go to Lee. I want to get a degree in business. I want to go into small business. And so that was my trajectory. That was my life plan. And after I graduated high school, I volunteered at Mount Perrin North's youth group. So I was a youth leader. And so in July of that summer, right before I went off to Lee, right before I went off to college in August, I said, you know what? Last time I'm going to go as a camp leader and I'm just going to go to summer camp with the high schoolers, be a cabin leader, hang out with those guys, be there for the services, play the games. It'll be fun. It'll be awesome. It's a free couple of days on vacation, right? And so I loved it. I was excited. I was pumped to go. And the very first night that I was there at the very first worship service of that summer camp as a leader, July 2011, I was sitting on the fourth row on the very end, and God spoke to me. 
Now, it wasn't the audible voice of God. I've never audibly heard God speak to me. If he speaks to you out loud, that's awesome. Tell me about it. But he didn't write it on a wall. The words didn't appear on the screen behind the worship band. But God spoke to me. It was one of those, like, in my spirit, I knew that God was calling me to something moments. And he was calling me, and I felt like God in that moment was saying, Trevor, you're supposed to be in ministry. Like, you're running from it. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're not doing what I designed, what I created you to do. You're supposed to be in ministry. It was my God calling me like God called Jonah moments. And I had a decision to make. What do I do? What do I do with this? I was there. I was a cabin leader. And so I came home and I told my parents, I'm sorry, I may never move out of your house, but I'm not going to leave this fall. I said, I don't feel like I'm supposed to go. I feel like God's changing the direction of my life, but I don't really know what that looks like. And so I called the local community college. I enrolled in some classes just to make sure that I stayed busy and stayed doing what I was supposed to be doing. But I wasn't supposed to go there, and I knew that God was calling me to be in ministry. The first way, I want to look at three ways tonight that God interrupts our lives. And the first way is that God just calls you. He just calls you. For Jonah, God just said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. To me, fourth row, very far end, Panama City Beach, Laguna Beach Christian Retreat Center, camp leader, hanging out with freshmen, smelly guys in a dorm room. God called me, Trevor, I want you to be in the ministry. Maybe you're sitting here today, and at some point in your life, you have felt that urge towards something. Now, it doesn't have to be ministry. It doesn't have to be Nineveh. I don't even know where Nineveh is on a map. But what is God called you to? What has he given you a passion for? What has he given you a burden for? You know, you see a bunch of students running around and see you on Wednesday shirts, but you also may see a bunch of adults running around and I see, see you on Wednesday shirts. We don't have adults in the youth group. They're not like overgrown middle schoolers. They're youth leaders. They're student ministry leaders that have said, you know what my burden is? My burden is to pour in the lives of middle schoolers and high schoolers. My passion, the thing that God has called me to, is investing in the lives of the next generation. And I'm going to do that every Wednesday night. You know what those youth leaders do? They, they get up early on Wednesdays. They go and they work their normal jobs. And some of them, their boss doesn't even love it sometimes, but some of them leave their jobs early to make sure they're here to pour into the lives of middle schoolers and high schoolers, to be a small group leader, to hear them, to let them talk, to give them somebody that will listen to them. Because they've said, you know what my call is? My call is to come and to love middle schoolers and high schoolers, to show them what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. Some of you, maybe, you have had God call you. That's the first way that God interrupts our lives. Second way, I'm going to read some scriptures. In Jonah chapter 1, verse 11 through 15, it says, The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to you to make the seas calm down? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that this is my fault, that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and they threw him overboard, and the raging seas grew 
calm. The second way that God can interrupt our lives is that God can use other people. Now, let me say this before I say anything else. I don't believe that God is going to use someone else to speak into your life something that God hasn't already spoken to you. So in this story, God was using these other men to make the point to show Jonah, to confirm in Jonah's life what God had already spoken to him. Them throwing him into the sea, them confirming what God has done or what God was wanting him to do and showing that he was being disobedient to God by going in the opposite direction of what God had called him to was just a confirmation of what God was doing and not something brand new. So I say that to say, if someone comes up to you after service and says, hey, you're supposed to leave Georgia and move and live in a van at the beach in California, if God has never spoke that into your life, I don't know that you need to go home and foreclose on your house and quit your job tomorrow and buy a van and drive to California and live in said van. Now, if God has put California in your heart, then maybe. But here, God is using other people to confirm something that God has already spoken into his life. Sometimes when God interrupts us, he uses other people. But it's always to confirm what God's doing. In my life, I told you, summer 2011, July, went to camp. God called me. I felt like he called me to go into ministry. Came home, told my parents, sorry, you're going to have to pay for me forever. I'm a bum. I'm never leaving. A couple weeks later, it was August. It was the very first week of, of classes for me. And I got a text message from Pastor Jeremy. And he, if you didn't know, he used to be the high school and student ministry director at Mount Perrin North prior to Canton Church opening. And he was my youth pastor. So if you ever want dirt on him, just ask me. I know it all. That's not true. Don't ask him because he's got way more on me than I've got on him. Way more on me. He texted me and said, hey, let's go to lunch sometime. I said, great. I knew where we were going. We are going to a Mexican restaurant. I just said, which Mexican restaurant do you want me to meet you at? So we met at La Prairie on the Marietta Square. It's so good. It's fantastic food. We met there, and we were just catching up. I had, again, been in his youth group, and we had kind of, he changed roles, and so we weren't as connected anymore, and so we were just catching up. We're sitting there, and we're having conversations about whatever and sports and all this kind of stuff, and he kind of shifted the course of the conversation. And he said, hey, we're opening a new campus. I'm going to go, and I'm going to plant a church in Canton, Georgia, and we're going to meet out of Sequoia High School, and it's going to be a portable church. I didn't even know what portable church meant at the time. And I said, man, that's awesome. That's incredible. I'm so proud. That's, a, that's amazing. I love hearing that. And he says, I want you to come with me. I was like, okay. He said, and I was like, well, what, are you going to, what am I going to do? And he said, well, you can help set up media equipment. And I was like, okay, well, I can do that. I don't mind working on Sunday mornings. But my problem was is I literally lived less than a mile from Mount Perrin North. And I was like, I got to get up early on Sunday mornings and drive like 30 minutes north rather than three minutes down the road. And so I was like, okay, I, I can do that. I can set up media equipment. That's fine. And he said, I want you to come and I want you to start a youth life group. I was like, okay. He said, I want you to come, and I want you to help us start like a youth ministry, a student ministry. Have a life group. I've already got some people that said they'd host a life group at their house. I just need somebody to come that can connect the students, to build relationships with students that are middle schoolers and high schoolers, invite them to this life group, and lead this life group. Sitting in a Mexican restaurant, Marietta Square, La Perea. I know the exact table I was sitting at, the seat I was sitting at, the direction I was facing, and I just broke down and I started crying. It was my Jonah getting thrown off the boat moment. It was God 
having already spoke something into my heart that I didn't know what in the world to do with. But now God was using someone else to confirm something that God had already spoken into my life. And I said, I'm in. I'll do it. I'll go. I'll be a part of Canton. I'll be a part of this team. I'll lead this ministry. I'll help start this. And so we did. We started and we had a life group that met once a month at some people's house, our very first life group meeting ever. It was me, that couple, and their daughter that was there because she lived there. (laughs) And I was like, one student. This is awesome. The next month, it was me, the couple that lived there, their one daughter, and her best friend. I was like, we just doubled in a month. This is awesome. And over time, we just started developing students and developing relationships. Our first ever student worship service, or our first couple of years, I guess, we met out of a warehouse. Now, when I say warehouse, I mean like primitive warehouse. It had construction equipment in it. I had to like move the bobcat so that we could have service and wipe up the oil that it's the left there. In the wintertime, we handed out blankets to students because it was freezing in there because it had no heat or air. In the summertime, it was like a million degrees in this warehouse because it was a metal building in the middle of an asphalt parking lot. It was hot, but man, did we love it. Students came, and students worshipped, and students built relationships with Jesus in a warehouse that we had to move stuff out of and sweep and wipe up oil. We had a life group that one student came, and then two students came, and I was like, I'm amazing at this. I doubled But it was my Jonah story. It was God using someone else to confirm because sitting at a summer camp as a youth leader, God interrupted my life. If we continue reading in Jonah chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. The third way that God interrupts our lives sometimes is that God just uses the supernatural. God does what only God can do. God does the moment, God has the plan, and God just does something that you're like, this could only have been God. Sometimes God just speaks to you. Sometimes he just puts something in your heart. He just burdens you for something. Sometimes God will use other people to confirm what God is speaking into your life. And then sometimes God just does something that you're like, there's no doubt this only could have been God. The God moment. The moment that he just does something that you just go, wow. Sometimes it's not great. I've done quite a bit of fishing in my life. I love to fish. But one thing that I've realized and one thing that I've learned over my years of fishing is that fish are nasty. They're gross. They smell. They're slimy. And that's the outside. I can't imagine what the belly's like. But he spent three days there. God did the supernatural and he interrupted his life in a way that wasn't the prettiest, it wasn't the best. He didn't interrupt his life with a four-star resort or anything. He interrupted his life with a three-night stay stay in the belly of a fish. That's gross. But God interrupted his life with the supernatural. He did something amazing. He did something that only God could do in that moment. 
Sometimes God does things in our lives to get our attention. Sometimes God does things in our life to interrupt us, to get us to see what he's trying to get us to do in ways that we don't understand, in ways that we can't sometimes even comprehend. But it's God at work. It's God doing what only God can do. I told you that at summer 2011, July, I was at summer camp. felt like God spoke to me. But what I didn't tell you is that summer of 2008, sitting in the very same room as a high school junior at my summer camp, not there as a leader. I'm the student that's doing the pranks and not bathing as much as I should and being crazy and wild and not sleeping and eating tons of candy. Sitting in that room, Thursday night service, last night of camp, felt like God spoke something to me. And I got up, and I walked outside, and I sat down on a bench, and I pulled a notebook out of my back pocket. And I just wrote this simple phrase in there. God, I feel like you called me into ministry tonight. I don't know what that looks like, and I don't know where that's at. But I'll go wherever you want me to go, and I'll do whatever you want me to do. Close the notebook back in my pocket, walk back in the room. I think I spent the rest of the night water ballooning people that are walking by on the beach. After I left that lunch that day with Pastor Jeremy, I went home and I tore my room apart looking for that notebook. I found it. I opened it up and I was amazed. You know why I love the story of Jonah? Because it's my story. You know why I love the story of Jonah? Because it's your story. It's the story of second chances. It's the story of the moment that you feel that God presses something on your heart to do, to buy that guy's lunch, to pay for that lady's groceries, to go on that trip, to do this, to be a part of this ministry, to serve in this area. And sometimes we don't. And sometimes instead of heading towards our Nineveh, we get on a boat and we head towards Tarshish. And God does something to interrupt our lives. He called me in 2008. I didn't want to listen. I wasn't a bad kid, but I just didn't want to listen to that. He had to get my attention again in 2011 and then confirm in me what God had already spoke by having someone else speak to me. And you know what it did? It forever interrupted my life. Because it was my plan. I had my plans. I knew what I wanted to do. I thought. But it interrupted my life in a really, really good way. Sometimes interruptions are terrible. I hate red lights. I wish everywhere was a roundabout just so I could keep moving. It may not be faster, but at least I don't have to stop. I hate traffic because it interrupts my schedule. I hate lines at airport security. Because I've got my plans and I've got my schedule. You don't need to stop me. But in this moment, God wanted to interrupt me. God wanted to interrupt me. God, I wanted to change my life, change the course of my direction. And today, maybe you're sitting in this room and maybe you feel that God's interrupted you in your life. It might not be ministry. It might be serving on a serving team. 
He might be going on a short-term missions trip. He might be buying the guy's lunch at lunch today behind you in line at Arby's. Might be buying that lady's groceries. Might be taking something and just serving your neighbor. Might be just, I got a friend who every day, it's incredible, he just goes and every week that there's, there's um, the, the garbage service picks up garbage in his neighborhood, he just goes to his neighbor's driveway and just rolls their garbage can back up to their garage for him. Just simple, small. But he said, you know what, I just felt like God wanted me to serve them in a small way and so I just started serving them in a small way. What's God called you to? What does God want to do in your life that might interrupt your schedule, might interrupt your plans, but it's God's plan? With every head bowed and every eye closed, today maybe you would say, Pastor Trevor, I don't know that, I don't know that I've ever accepted God into my life. I don't know that I've ever entered into a relationship. I don't know that I've ever allowed God to come and be the Lord and Savior of my life, to interrupt my life by me saying, God, I want to live for you. If that's you today, I just want you to lift your hand and you can put it right back down. Today, maybe you're sitting in this room and maybe you're saying, I feel that God has interrupted me. I feel that God has given me plans. I feel that God has given me passions. I feel like God has given me a desires for something. And maybe I, like Jonah, haven't wanted God's interruption in my life and I've gone in the other direction. Or maybe you've avoided it. Maybe you've ignored it. But the interruption that God wanted to put in your life, you said, I don't want to be interrupted in that way, God. I'm going to do my own thing. Today, if you want to say, oh, you know what? God, I'm okay if you interrupt me. I'm okay if you want to do something different in my life. I'm okay if you call me to something. God, I want to say yes. God, what's my Nineveh? If that's you, if you just want to say today, God, I'm okay if you interrupt me. I just want you to lift your hand. Several hands. Put it right back down. God, I thank you so much for the people in this room. God, I thank you for the love that they have for you. God, I pray for every person that is saying today, God, I want a relationship with Jesus. God, I pray that they know that all they have to do is ask and you will forgive them, God. God, I thank you that all of heaven celebrates with every decision made for Christ. God, I thank you for every person that said today, I want to be willing to say yes to whatever God calls me to. God, I want to say yes to my Nineveh. The things that God has placed in their lives, God, I pray that they pursue them with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength. God, let them chase you. Let them chase you the Ninevehs that you've placed in their life. God, give them boldness. God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening. If you would like more information about today's message or about our church, we invite you to visit us at cantonchurch.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash cantonchurchga. 